0: Welcome back, fight friends, to the Shadow Fight Podcast. How are you doing today? It has been a while. It is Wednesday, August 2nd. I hope everyone's having a good summer up to this point. It is a beautiful summer day here in Calgary, and uh, man, the mornings are sure getting chilly around here, but uh, in the meantime, I think we're still going to hit 30 degrees today, Celsius that is, so hooray for us. Uh, First and foremost, guys, I know it's been a bit of a break, just to let you guys know, Number one, if, you, if I still sound a little a little nasally, I'm sorry. Uh, I had no surgery last Friday, so I'm still recovering from that. And then I'm also expanding my gym. And uh, uh, I, um, so between working on that, as well as uh, I have my cub uh, for all of July, just in the first half. I didn't want to send him to daycare. He doesn't like it there. And to be honest, I wanted to spend time with him. So uh, now that he's got a bunch of day camps for the rest of uh, summer camps for the rest of August, it was just me and him for the mornings in July. So, uh, yeah, so it was really me and him hang out till, you know, noon. And then uh, he would go do his thing. I would quickly eat lunch as I run to the gym and then do renovations. And then I had to teach. So I genuinely didn't have time. But I'm happy to be back. We got some fights to talk about. Uh, The last when was the last podcast? Charles Bissett was the last podcast. Shout out to him. Uh, shout out to Charles Bassett, A for doing the podcast and then coming and doing the seminar at my gym, man, that guy, uh, classic Dutch, that fella. Very, very Dutch style, but, uh, uh, man, great seminar, great dude, really fun to hang out with. I had a good time with him. Uh, before we move on, please make sure you hit the like button. It's really easy. Just take one finger. You can hit like on any, most of your, I don't know about all, but most of your social media platforms, not that I'm on all of them. And uh, maybe if you want to share it with a, a friend or a foe or a loved one or something like that, that would really help me out as well. And of course, in the words of my man B Kong, make sure you subscribe to the podcast because only the real ones subscribe. You can now subscribe Spotify, well, YouTube and anywhere else you get Apple podcast music. I'm not really sure. <laughs> to be honest, I just pretty much use Spotify and YouTube So uh, for myself. But that's where you can find us. Uh, last but not least, before we really carry on, make sure you hit us with the five stars anything less, you're being a hater. I snuck one in real quick at the beginning of August, coming off some big fights as well. So uh, make sure you hit us with a five-star. And again, all this good stuff really helps me, helps the podcast grow, and I really appreciate that. Uh, Speaking of B-Kong, I'll be out to Kelowna next Friday. I always do a peach run. I go out to Kelowna. Oh, God, it's paradise. Penticton, Kelowna, I love it out there. But I, I go out there every year and come back with just pounds and pounds of peaches. So, uh, this year's going to be no different. Heading out there next Friday, sneaking a podcast with my man P. Kong. We and him have a lot of history, and uh, that'll be a fun one. Uh-huh. All right, guys, quick shout-outs. I want to give a shout-out to a friend of this show, uh, Brooklyn. Uh, what episode was it? Episode 58. I wrote it down some smarty pants. Uh, who defended his WBC junior title uh, out in Toronto. Congratulations, buddy. That guy, nobody works harder than that kid. Um... Shout-out to Brad Stanton as well. Hey, man, I really appreciate you uh, sharing uh, uh, you know, sharing the logo on the podcast and stuff. You didn't have to do that. Shout-out to you, sir. I really appreciate that. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to the Tobacco Outlet. I'm part of their club, so I always get uh, discount cigars. Dude, I love a good cigar in the summertime. Not so much the winter around here, but summer without a doubt. Uh, everybody that came to the seminar as well, I, I appreciate you guys coming in and leveling up. Like I said, my students and, and not my students as well. Thanks for coming and... Being part of that, I had a lot of fun. Uh, Dude, low kicks, low kicks, low kicks, my goodness. But uh, that was a lot of fun, hey? Thanks for coming up. Shout out to Turkey and Pistols, as always. I got to be real with you guys. I'm running out of shirts. I got to order some more. So uh, Rob, Turkey and Pistols, I will be calling you right away, sir. (laughs) I need some (laughs) more shirts. I can't keep them, man. I can't keep them. They're they're flying off the shelves. I can't keep them. And thank you to all of you as well for uh, uh, rocking the shirts, wearing them, buying them, all that. uh, You know, hits me in the feels. We've talked about that. Um, my my mentor my uh teacher, all this good stuff. I can't remember. He might have been podcast number three. Matter of fact, oh, and we just came up on our two year anniversary. Happy birthday, Shadow Podcast! Uh, sorry, I have just been busy. Please, it's not you, it's me. I forgot. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But uh, I think he was podcast number three, Mister Mike Bondi, uh, who's who's my my teacher, my business partner, my my friend, uh, confidant, man. He, he's he's everything to me. Anyway, he, he's really. Ha- the one pushing the renovations at my uh, our, our new gym expanding, and I'm just kind of trying to learn as I go as well. So uh, I appreciate him being patient with me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't do tools, man, but I'm trying. I'm trying. Uh, and of course, all the renovation helpers as well: Ty, Chris, uh, JP, Devin. Um, you know, I don't miss anybody. George, uh, Max, Yen, Ty. I think I said Ty right. Anyway, thank you very much, guys. I appreciate all the help. It's pretty tough when it's just uh, just two people doing it. Um, okay, and then we got Fighty friends real quick. Just uh, people talking to me online, Instagram, whatever, just talking about fights. Michael Fitzpatrick, Ninja Jason, Mr. Kieran Walsh out down there in Australia, Scotty Without a Body, Eric Thankachin, Wayne B., Tawny, Top Notch Muay Thai, that'd be Dale, uh, Mr. Brad Stanton, uh, Taylor, MMA Journal, Canada, Sean Newberry, uh, Scott McKenzie, uh, Coach Dan from First Strike Athletics. Matter of fact, I did a podcast with him, I think, just before the pandemic. Uh, great dude. Make sure you follow him on YouTube as well. Lots, he's got tons of uh, uh, like instructional videos. And uh, crew Jesse out in Toronto. I appreciate it, guys. And it, that's, always happy to talk fights. Uh, okay, a little bit new for the show. Uh, before we get into the fights, I want to break talk about my three stars. My three stars of the weekend. Weekend, weekend. Because we had some good fights. We'll break them down. My third star, if you watch the uh, UFC, Justin Gagey. Um, dude. I didn't think he was going to win. I, th- I don't think most people did. Not that he couldn't or, or didn't put it past him, but woo, he looked good from the go. And uh, what a way to finish that one. Uh, number two, Derek Lewis. <laughs> that guy is a treasure. Everything like like everything, from the, from being in shape to the jump knee. And it, we'll talk gold. And uh, number one, in my opinion, the real BMF, Terrence Crawford. Woo. Those are my three stars for the weekend. Number three spot, Justin Gagey. Number two spot. Derek Lewis, number one spot, Mr. Terrence Crawford stealing the page out of the old uh, NHL here with the three stars mowing their lawn. All right, guys, let's get to it. So since we just talked about the three stars here, boxing, I got stats. I hope you like stats today, guys. I did lots of homework. Uh, So on Saturday, the T-Mobile Arena, uh, it was Terrence Crawford versus um, Errol Spence Jr. Terrence Crawford, 35 years old from Omaha, Nebraska, 5'8", 40-0, 31 KOs. He's fought lightweight, light welterweight, and welterweight finished last, he, he's finished the, his last eight opponents in a row, all at welterweight, all these fights are at welterweight, Uh he's fought, so obviously, 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 he's knocked most of these guys, out, if not all of them, but uh, Sean Porter, Kelbro Kamir Khan, Jeff Horn, and Yuri Orkis Gamboa, this guy's been a pro for 17 years, he has a 78% KO ratio, now he's the only man to be a two-division undisputed champion. The only man to ever do it, undisputed champ. So what that means in boxing is, uh, by the way, look, look look at me talking like I didn't just learn this. I guess I kind of knew, but I just wanted an actual. But there's there's unified and undisputed. So if you're the undisputed champ, so there's now as of two thousand and four. By the way, I learned a lot of this doing this research just for this this podcast. But in two thousand and four, uh. Is now the four belt era in boxing, right? The IBF, the WBO, the WBC, and <laughs> WBA. Sorry, <laughs> too many elemental I Had to take a look. Um, so in 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 before 2004, there was only three belts. So now there's four. So uh, he, he's the only man in the four belt era to 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 be the undisputed champ. So what that means is you have all all belts, all world titles. Those four belts. If you're a unified champ, it means you have two or more, right? So, you know, if you're if you're the WBO and the IBF champ, you know, unified champ. But undisputed means, you know, you you carry all the world titles. So uh, the only man to be two division undisputed world champ, uh, he's the first man to hold all four belts at welterweight since 2005, and that was uh, Jermaine Taylor. Man, what a! I don't say waste. That's not nice, but yeah, he, he was so good, Jermaine Taylor, and then. Things got not so good but anyway and he's only one of nine men to hold all four belts in the four belt era and a three division world champion um errol spence jr i, I mean not, not as many accolades but it doesn't matter uh 33 years old originally from new york city i think now residing out of houston five foot nine 28 wins now and one loss 22 finishes he spent his whole career at welterweight he's fought your dennis danny garcia sean porter Mikey Garcia, Lamont Peterson, and Kelbrook, Brook. And again, if you're undefeated at the time, that means you beat all these guys. 75% KO ratio and uh, former two-time unified welterweight champ, meaning two belts or more. And uh, eight first-round knockouts. So, man, okay. I, I hope it was, it was hard. I, I'll be honest. I watched the UFC first. Um, and then I, I, shout out to Charles, me and him it at my house. And then uh, I watched the boxing fight after. Man, Terrence Crawford. He's just ice cold, hey. Ice cold. Like just even from that interview of him wrapping his hands, just talking about just going to work, this is just my time, you know, like really really laying it out. And uh but not like an idiot, you know what I mean? Like you can tell he really believes what he's saying. And then goes in there and just like first of all, his jab, I, I, man, his jab, his eyes, I don't I don't know where to start, right? Like he's unbelievable. He 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 he, he kind of flares his elbows in tight uh um as a shot box in the camera here uh man just I, I was so impressed everybody was right most people if you listen to most boxing pundits would call this a 50-50 fight or, or close to it and it wasn't close at all Terrence Crawford maybe maybe I gave uh I gave um Spence round one but other than that that's it I mean and a lot of people didn't give him round one so other than that it was it was Terrence Crawford The Terrence Crawford show, man, what a, what a masterpiece. His jab, just his patience, uh, knocked him down. I believe it was in the second, twice in the seventh and then finished it in the ninth. And just, he was just so patient, man. Almost to the point where he was playing with his food. (laughs) Like, like he did not, he did not like, like there was no, there was no urgency. There was no panic. There was no nothing out of Terrence Crawford. It was an unbelievable display. And you could tell that he, he took away what looked to me. Now I'm no undefeated pro boxer, but. I thought he made uh, Spence not look like Spence. His feet just weren't underneath him, you know, kind of reactive, a little bit jittery and and just, you know, Terrence Crawford is clearly something special. And as a matter of fact, I was, I was, uh, as I was reading some stuff online here, um, I think it was Steve Bunce from Five Live Boxing said, you know, he hasn't really been the same, or he questions if he's been the same since, I believe it was a torn retina and a car accident, which, you know, impaired driving. And he's talked about all this. But has he been the same after that? To be honest, I haven't been following them that close. Like These guys are boxing pundits since then to really tell. But who knows? That's just what I hear. I also hear there's a rematch clause. Um, now, it was, in my opinion, if you saw the uh, uh, George Cambosis versus, uh, who was that? Teofimo Lopez? No, Devin Haney. If you watched that fight, it wasn't even close. Devin Haney easily won. And then uh, uh, Cambosis... Uh, um, exercises the rematch clause and takes it right away and it it, it looked worse like that was not a good idea I get it you're a warrior I get it you know I can do it I get it but you know man you're playing with millions and millions of dollars so I hope Spence doesn't take an immediate rematch um I noticed that he's like you know uh um you know I I never have any excuses but if I did I'd never let you know anyway it's like oh don't do that in my opinion (laughs) but uh um what's next for bud crawford i mean um i know i know that uh jo- I, there's two of them jamel and jamal charlo whoever's a champ at 154 i believe has a fight coming up with canelo and uh so you know and that, and that's the division higher i'd like to see that you know um i know they're talking about uh uh ennis as well i think that's going to be the fight probably like mandatory i think he's the mandatory opponent. But if you look at the division underneath them, if those guys are willing to move up and fight Bud Crawford, or, or I don't know, I don't really know if, if cutting weight's hard for him, but you have, th- those are the guys, you know, Liam Smith, um, like I said, I think uh, uh, Tim Zhu, um, you know, th- there's, uh, is that not the division with like uh, Josh Taylor and Teofimo Lopez? Like there's some there's some big ones underneath him. Now, if they're willing to move up, who knows? And even a uh, shout out to Canadian uh, Cody Crawley. Uh, I believe he's ranked number two in one of these organizations. Uh, If you look at his body of work, I mean, it, 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 I mean, you would take it for a couple bucks, you know, but he's undefeated as well. But it just, the body of work is just not, not as, not at all at the depth of either of these gentlemen, but uh, boy, that was, uh, you know, you really got to see greatness and you even see some, I can't remember what it was, boxingnews.com or something like that even said, could you start talking about Terrence Crawford as the greatest 147 of all time? The GOAT, I hate this GOAT talk, I don't, but it's getting annoying. I I just when you think of the four kings way back when, I mean, the, even if they were middleweight, but I, I still believe, I th- uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, if I remember from the website, don't get me wrong, I don't actually know the stat, but uh, I think it said he went twelve and one at welterweight, his only loss to Roberto Duran, so so it's like it, it, so so you can make an argument because there's a loss, but the reality is when you look at boxing back then, um, I, I, you can't, it's, it's Sugar Ray. And even then, Sugar Ray Robinson, I can't remember what, what, anyway, who cares? In my opinion, it's Sugar Ray Leonard. It's pretty cool that uh, we, we get to live in an era where someone like Terrence Crawford's in, in that conversation, even. I always love, like, you know, being, being part of that. I got to be part of that era. I got to cheer. I got to, you know, anyway. What a, what a crazy awesome fighter. And just, just, just stoic as hell from start to finish. He was awesome. Okay. Sticking on boxing here. Uh, we also have this weekend. Uh, well, if you want to call it boxing, we have Jake Paul. So, this is uh, this Saturday in Dallas, Texas. Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz. Jake Paul, twenty six years old from the U.S., six foot one, uh, six wins, one loss with four KOs. Usually fights at one hundred ninety two pounds. Gee, I'm, I'm I'm seeing a trend here. Nate Diaz, thirty eight years old from the U.S., six foot. This is his pro boxing debut. Usually fights at one fifty five to one seventy. Man, these Paul guys are consistently fighting people smaller than them. Um, it's pretty easy why I think Nate did uh, say that he would like to come back uh, and fight and fight in the UFC. I'm assuming this is a big money fight. This is why he's doing it. But uh, I also just saw a press conference that came out. I think it was yesterday where he just walked off set. <laughs> he just you could tell he's just getting agitated and looking for a way out and found one and just went peace and got up and they you know kind of where are you going. He's I'll be right back and then just. Just ducked out. What a G. <laughs> um, anyway, Jake Paul fought. He's fought Ben Askren, knocked him out, Tyron Woodley, Tommy Fury, who he lost to, Nate Robinson. Uh, a couple stats here for you. So Nick Diaz took. Um, the UFC's got some funny stats, eh? Hey, they got, they got weird stats for everybody. That way, everybody can be in the history books. Uh, Nate Diaz took 3.77 significant strikes per minute in the UFC and has a 52% defense rate, which was the worst of his last five opponents, including Tony Ferguson. So he gets punched. He gets hit. But we didn't, we know that already. Uh, I believe this just got turned into a 10-round fight as well. It was supposed to be eight rounds, and then Nate said, you know, I'd I prefer it to be 10, and Jake went, yeah, fine, it's 10. so um, I believe this is a 10-round fight. And uh, uh, I also hear that well, there hasn't been a lot of promotion, to be honest. But I hear that's just Nate Diaz. He's not going to play along. He doesn't want to do it. And uh, you know, Jake Paul says he gets he gets off on that. You know, when you when you talk smack, you bring the fight. You get in each other's face. He, you know, he likes that. That's what drives him. So good for Nate Diaz not playing that and uh, just sticking to his 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 schedule, does what he wants to do. And now this is in Dallas. I don't know if this got settled at all, but I remember there was a weed issue. Like they were going to test um, test Nate Diaz, but um. And maybe there's going to be a fine, but here, I don't know if that got resolved or not. I don't know. But I remember they were still talking about Dallas. So if that is the case, I just, to be honest, I would just assume you would say, well, listen, I'm clearly going to get popped for weed. So what you're going to do if you want me to fight is you're going to pay my fine. (laughs) You're filthy rich. You want me to fight you. You're going to pay my fine. They call it a a no contest or whatever the hell you want. Who cares? It's an exhibition fight anyway. And uh, you pay my fine. and we both ride off in the sunset? Um, you know, carrying our cash. I fully assume Jake Paul will win this. He's just big, um, way bigger. He's pretty good for the amount of experience he has. I'll give him that. Um, We don't know anything about Nate Diaz. Has he been training? Does he care? Is he just going to go and give him the finger in the gloves and slap him around? You know, who knows? But that's what makes it fun, right? Who knows what you're going to get from Nate Diaz? But, you know, I just assume Jake Paul will win, but who cares? Enough talking about that fight. <laughs> All right, UFC two ninety one. So that's boxing. Oh wait, I did write that there's a couple things coming up here. Matter of fact, sorry. Oh, here we go. Yeah, sorry. Uh, August twelfth. Just just sticking on. I tried to kind of stick to the art. So uh, boxing in the meantime. August twelfth, Anthony Joshua is fighting uh, Dillian White in London. And August twenty sixth, Usyk's uh, going to be fighting Alexander Usyk's going to be fighting Daniel Dubois in Poland for Usyk's WBO, IBA, and IBF world titles. Again, these 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 big guys, there's kinda like five or six of them, maybe four, four or five at the top that just kind of circle each other. Like, God damn it, will one of you bite? Let's go. Um like uh except I did hear I again, I, I don't know. I've I've kind of been out of it for the past month that uh Um <laughs> Deontay Wilder was gonna be fighting Anthony I'm sorry, Andy Ruiz, is that still going on? But I mean he, he yeah he should fight Anthony Joshua, Anthony Joshua, you know, yeah. Anyway, you know, you know the dance. And then September 30th, there's uh, Canelo. Canelo's going to be fighting Jermel Charlo. There we go. I wrote it down. Smart, again, smarty pants. It's two times I got to say that this episode. Jermel Charlo in uh, Las Vegas for for Canelo's um, undisputed um, super middleweight titles. Did you guys happen to see, again, I can't remember. There's Jermel and Jermal Charlo and they look, they're identical twins but you see a little scuffle with Caleb Plant where it, it looks like Caleb Plant, well, he did slap him right in the grill, good and hard, but it looks like Caleb Plant is the one who initiated it. But apparently that's not what happened. Um, anyway, ooh, boxing drama. I like Caleb Plant, awesome fighter, good attitude, just, I don't know, big big fan of that guy. Anyway, speaking of the Charlos. Okay, so there's your boxing talk. So uh, again, like I just said, as of the title of the show, in my opinion, the real BMF title goes to Terrence Crawford making history, making an undefeated, very, very, very good boxer. Like, this wasn't, this this was not, I mean, I know this fight's been kind of in the works for five years, but in the meantime, these guys have still been doing work, and uh, this was a mega fight. It was a mega fight on paper. It, I mean, but didn't go, man. Terrence Crawford made it look easy. Unbelievable. All right, UFC 291. Let's move on to some MMA. Uh, in Salt Lake City, Utah, the main event for the BMF title. Oh, no. I was going to say, um, I'll, I'll post it on, on Instagram. I always do this. I took a screenshot of all these awesome statistics on my phone, which I'm using to film this. <laughs> these guys have like 10 things to come. They're both 34. They both done this after that. Like Again, th- these fun UFC stats. But uh, anyway, uh, Dustin the Diamond Poyer, 34 years old. From Lafayette, Louisiana, five 5'9", 29 wins, 8 losses with 22 finishes. And, uh, man, he's fought uh, Michael Chandler, Charles Oliveira, McGregor three times, Dan Hooker, Khabib, beat Holloway twice. He's fought Eddie Alvarez, Gagey twice, 1 win, 1 loss. Cub Swanson, uh, a couple stats here as well, fun ones. Former lightweight in, uh, interim champ, 8-time fight of the night. Uh, tied for the most fight of the night bonuses with uh, Nate Diaz, Edson Barboza, and Frankie Edgar. Four-time performance of the night. Tied with Drew Dober for most KOs at lightweight at eight. Tied sixth for most UFC wins with John Jones, Rafael Dos Anjos, and Neil Magny. Tied fifth for most UFC finishes with Anderson Silva and Derek Lewis, who we'll be talking about. Uh, Justin Gagey. Justin, the highlight Gagey, 34 years old from Arizona, five foot 5'11", uh, 24 wins, 4 losses, uh, 21 finishes, and only four fights total have gone to a decision, win or loss. He's fought uh, Rafael Faziv, man, it battered him. Charles Oliveira, Michael Chandler, Khabib, Ferguson, Cerrone, Poirier, Eddie Alvarez. So these guys obviously have very similar opponents. Former interim lightweight champ, now the BMF champ, which doesn't mean shit. <laughs> Seven time fight of the night, tied with uh, um, fight of the night bonuses, tied for fifth most, um, five time performance of the night, eighth most post fight bonus wins, and highest. Significant strike accuracy and lightweight history at 60%. That's more than one in every two shots you're getting slammed with. That sucks. And two-time fight of the year. Uh, uh, That one I remember was Michael Chandler. That was so fun. Man, what a fight, hey? Uh, I'm a big fan of, I'll tell you what, Dustin Poirier. I noticed him, probably maybe he's a UFC debuter in the first one or two fights. What I noticed about him was his nickname, The Diamond. Because in my opinion, only one man has that nickname. Ramon Deckers. So if you're going to have the diamond, boy, you better live up to it. And he has. You know, he really has. Uh, he's been around a long time. Now, I thought he was going to win this. Justin Gagey, man. He, he's, he's getting – I mean, he's good. I, I really like him. But just sometimes he, you're not really sure what kind of Gagey you're going to get. And uh, I thought from the very get-go, he looked great. Uh, Justin Gagey versus Poirier. I, I thought Poirier had a – so he, Poirier's self-boss over those who can't watch him dancing around again here. But kept trying to block the left hook of gagey which is good by lifting his shoulder and his elbow and i'm like oh man i don't know and he got clapped with a few and then uh just like leon edwards like you know they love to show that replay and by the way it was at the same building it was uh throw the cross leave it out there and have the kick come behind in my opinion classic muay thai but uh yeah i thought uh I thought that was a really good showing for Justin Gagey. Now that they're one-in-one, one, I'd love to see them, uh, uh, in my opinion, I'd love to see them finish it. Let, let's do one more. Let's do one more. Uh, hey, guys. Sorry, guys. Three, two, one. Sorry guys, that uh again, as we talked about, Reynolds going on. So that was my business partner just peeking his peeking his head in, saying hi. <laughs> uh yeah, so man, that, that what what a finish by by Gagey. That I mean the highlight, right? It, I guess now. So those those knockouts happen in the same building as well. Uh Leon Edwards from I'm sorry, knocking out Kamaru Usman and Justin Gagey. And, and you know, looked the same, same setup, Orthodox versus Southpaw, except last time was the other way around. But, uh, woo boy, I'd like to see that. Now, and again, if you look at what where do they go from here, Justin Gagey now wins. He's a BMF title. <laughs> stupid. Gimmicky. Dumb. Shitty. Stupid thing. It's so stupid. Anyway, isn't the BMF the champ? Like, shouldn't, shouldn't, isn't that the baddest motherfucker? Like, isn't that how that works? Anyway. Gagey. So now I know Oliveira, that I think it's in October, just got matched up again with Islam Makachev. So they're gonna they're going to go again. I think Gagey should wait. I'm assuming he's going to wait and fight whoever is the winner of that for a title shot. Either of these guys, in my opinion, they've been around so long and so much for the, the business, and they're at the top anyway that they're always one or two wins away. I mean, even Poirier from a from a title shot. So, you know, so then so then Poirier. I mean, what, what does he do next? I'm not I'm not really sure. I'm trying to think of who's in that division. But 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 they've all kind of fought everybody. So yeah, it's tough, man. He's he's in kind of a f- a cool spot a cool not a cool spot, I mean, but an interesting spot. But I was just gonna say, What a cool guy too. He's already doing interviews talking about it and like, hey man, I've already won at life. Okay, I lost a fight. Like who cares, man? My family's good, life is good. I'm winning that life. That's the way to do it, man. That's the way. Can't say the same for McGregor. That's who's barking. McGregor's trying to get Justin Gagey to fight as well, but I don't know. You know, and I've had I've had enough of that. Fella. Anyway, in the semi-main event, we had Jan Blachowicz versus Alex Poetan Pereira. Jan Blachowicz, 40 years old, from Poland, six 6'2", um, 29 wins, 10 losses, 18 finishes. He made his UFC debut in October 2014, uh, former light heavyweight champ, five-time performance of the night, fifth most fights at light heavyweight, seventh, seventh most wins at light heavyweight. Okay, yeah, there we go. Fourth highest takedown percentage uh, in lightweight history at 50%. And by the way, two-time IFMA medalist, uh, you know, former Muay Thai man, and uh, hard as hell leg kicks. Uh, and one of those was gold. Uh, he's fought Glover Teixeira, Izzy, obviously uh, Adesanya, Dominic Reyes, Corey Anderson, Luke Rockhold, Jared Kennaneer. Just a couple kind of opponents there. And uh, Alex Pereira from Brazil, six foot four, training right now. He's from Brazil, but training at o- Ohio under uh, Glover. Uh, eight and two in MMA with six finishes, thirty-three and seven with twenty-one finishes in kickboxing. And 1-0 and with 1KO in boxing. And this guy's fought from middleweight, light heavyweight, up to cruiser cruiserweight. I guess that'd be boxing. Um, he has fought so Canadian standout, Simon Marcus, Artem Levin, Artur Koschenko. Artur Kishenko used to fight at like 154. <laughs> that's that's a lot of weight. But anyway, uh, he's fought Izzy four times. Uh, Artem Vakutov and Rob, another Canadian, Rob Thomas. He was the UFC middleweight champ. He has three, in in six fights in the UFC, three of those are performances of the night. Doing okay for yourself there, Alex. (laughs) Uh, 2022 breakout fighter of the year from like every, you know, ESPN, MMA junkie, Yahoo Sports, MMA fighting, uh, Sure Dog, all those. Uh, Obviously with his win over uh, Adesanya. Five-time defending middleweight glory champ, two-division glory champ, and two-time KO of the year. All right, so, I will go on record as saying uh, a few podcasts ago m- m- quite a few but I've said it a few times I'm not a fan of Pereira he's he's a big he's a big dinosaur he just kind of relies on that left hook power Take that back Take that back right now I'm allowed to change right I'm not a politician I'm allowed to change my mind um he's growing on me for every reason you get to hear more about his life and uh his just complete stoicism hey that guy is just you know, people are now almost making fun of him, right? For it. he's just, he just, he never smiles. He doesn't, you know, he's stone cold. But, uh, man, I'm really just impressed with his, his amount of, you know, learning. He's clearly got a lot to learn and he's doing a great job of it. And that's what I can, that's what I really like. Like those challenges of like, okay, I was a kickboxing bad man, but now I got a brand new mountain to climb up and I'm going to do it. I'll put in the work. And he does it quietly and does his thing. How, how can you not love that? So, Mr. Pereira, you are growing on me for sure. Now, who won this fight? It obviously comes down to round two, right? Blahovich clearly won round one. Um, Pereira definitely won round three, but round two, I know Blahovich at the end was looking pretty gassed, maybe a little rocked, almost finished. Could You know, if it went 15, 10 seconds more, 15, 20, who knows? Maybe it could have been finished, but that's not what happened. But what about the rest of the round? Like, 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 I, I, I'm i right in the middle. I see both. I can see both sides. Like, if I had to pick, yeah, I would pick Alex Pereira for sure. When you got a guy tired and almost finished and he's pretty much saved by the bell, yeah, you won that round. But is that how it's scored? What about the rest of the round? What about the control that happened earlier? Like, you know, I'm not at quite as versed at maybe scoring as some of these MMA nerds. But, uh, um, yeah, I I, I guess I... I kind of thought Alex won, but I wouldn't have been surprised if Jan did. Jan feels like he got ripped off, but any close fight, the other guy is going to feel that way. So it sounds like they have Yuri Prohashka, or whoever you say his name, the former champ, uh, versus uh, Pereira next. I know it hasn't been confirmed for the title, um, and that division has just been doomed since Jones left. It's just kind of cursed, but uh, that'd be a fun fight. Probably not going to the ground. Um, I think Yuri right now is training in Thailand. I was listening to him on the MMA Hour with uh, Ariel Hawani, but he wants that fight. He wants to fight Pereira, just does not sure. If he's pretty sure that's what's next. He's 100% ready to go. He's going to start training camp, uh, assuming that's his opponent, but uh, isn't sure if it's for a title or not. I bet it will be. So I'd love to see that, man. That'd, that'd be a wild one. Someone, someone's going out. And to be honest, if I had to make a prediction right now, uh, Yuri gets knocked out. He gets hit a lot, man. He, he just doesn't have a problem. And uh, Alex will be happy to oblige so i'll take Pereira. to be honest for now to, to win that one all right and then we had uh derek lewis derek the black beast lewis versus marcos rogerio de Lim- rogerio de lima uh derek lewis 38 years old from the u.s six foot three 264 pounds uh he made his debut in 09 mma debut 27 wins 11 losses with 23 finishes and uh he fought uh, way back in the day in in the UFC as well. One championship standout uh, Guto and Asante, who's you know up, up there in title contention. KO in first round. Five time performance of the night. He's tied for second most heavyweight post fight bonuses with eight. The other guy would be Stefan Strew, that crazy seven foot dude. Uh, most he has most KOs in the UFC and heavyweight. See this is this is a weird stat they threw at me here. Most KOs in the UFC, heavyweight and finishes and hit. In heavyweight history, most KOs in the UFC and most heavyweight finishes in history at 14. Uh, He's tied with Anderson Silva and Dustin Poirier for fifth for most finishes total in the UFC. I see the other one was heavyweight. I see. Second most wins in heavyweight history tied uh, for uh, second most wins in heavyweight history. He's tied for most heavyweight bouts with Frank Muir. And uh, third most total fight time in the UFC at heavyweight at 3 hours, 49 minutes, and 21 seconds. And uh, had the 2018 comeback of the year, which obviously knocked out with seconds left. But, you know, sorry, I'm distracted by this stat here. Three hours and 49 minutes at the third most total fight time. When you think of Derek Lewis, you don't think of a guy who was in there very long. He smashed the snot out of people. But uh, there it is. Um, Marcos Rogério de Lima, 38 years old, from Brazil. Six foot one. He's fought from middleweight all the way to heavyweight. So there's been some weight gain in there. 21 wins, nine losses, 17 finishes. The former WEC champ. Um, and he took part in tough Brazil in 2014. Uh, he has fought Andre Arlovsky, Ben Rothwell, Stefan Struve, Ovin St. Pro, which he was overweight for, and Paulo Filo, which he won the uh, title for in WEC. And that was, I believe, at middleweight. So not, not quite the body of work of Derek Lewis, but uh, man. <laughs> Derek Lewis looking in good shape and decides to use that to his advantage and comes out with a jump scissor knee and smacks Buddy right on the chin and Buddy turtles up and it's over. Dude, Derek Lewis, that was awesome. How do you not love that guy? And then his post-fight, just everything everything he did, everything he said was perfectly timed. And the funny part is it's not like – like I kind of think Izzy comes off as a little cheesy, with a lot of his, uh, sorry guys, I want to fix my mic here. With a lot of his what looked like practiced antics. Same with Jake Paul. It just comes off as cringy, but Lewis always comes off as completely genuine. And just on the spot. And just uh, everything from taking his shorts off, doing that silly dance, to uh, uh, the, the DX chop, to, uh, um, uh, uh, what was he saying? Okay, here's really what I'm getting at. The fact that as he drops in all this, oh, I don't know, man, just I've been practicing this for five years and just kind of, you know, saying what he's doing. And, and then he just goes, and now that I'm a free agent, and you're like, what? You know, like, well, you just drop that? Like, I even thought the timing that he dropped that he's a free agent was, uh, was well-timed. Um, man, just everything, everything he did, everything he said was so perfect. So now he is a free agent. He did say he'd like to stay with the UFC. Very smart thing to say, in my opinion but let's say he does. Let's say he re-signs with the UFC. What do you, what do you do with a guy like Derek Lewis? Like, it seems like doesn't really care about the title. Wants to make the, you know, make money. Like, you know, he's 38, like, but, but such a fan favorite, but like, what what do you, do you just, just feed him? Like, he's kind of a bit of a gatekeeper, right? But I don't know, man, it doesn't matter where that guy goes. I hope he stays with the UFC, honestly. And, uh, but who knows? Anywhere that guy goes, he's gonna be welcome. But now is he fishing for like a Francis and Ganu fight? Is that was that the reason he said that? You know, or is there you know like what's going on? Maybe is there more money somewhere else? One championship, maybe now that they're coming to the US a lot. So, matter of fact, they just announced they're coming to like five cities in the US. But anyway, Derek Lewis looking in great shape. And just uh, man, that was that was awesome. Hey, from start to finish, that guy is a treasure. UFC, hang on to that guy. Derek Lewis, jump knee. Come on now. That's a big dude, man. Two hundred sixty-three pounds doing that. <laughs> okay, and then we had uh, uh, Tony Ferguson El Kikui, thirty-nine years old from the U.S. Uh, versus Bobby Green, thirty-six, is uh, from the U.S., five foot ten. I'm sorry, Tony Ferguson, six foot, one hundred fifty-five pounds, lightweight welterweight, twenty-five wins, nine losses, twenty finishes. Uh, before we get into this, that unfortunately, he's the uh, he was the lightweight interim champ, tough 13s, so ultimate fighter, thirteen winner. Um, one-time fight of the year, six-time fight of the night, three-time performance of the night. And he's tied Khabib for the longest win streak in lightweight history. I think that was at 12. And uh, he... Unf- Before we get into that. Okay, Bobby Green. He's fought from five foot ten USA, like I just said. Super lightweight, lightweight, welterweight. Made his MMA debut in 08. 30 wins, 14 losses with 19 finishes. One submission of the night. Two-time performance of the night. Four-time fight of the night. Most significant strikes landed in light heavy, uh, lightweight history at 1,637. That's a lot. And most total strikes, period, at 1,863. Two-division King of the Cage champ, and he has fought. Drew Dober, Islam Makhachev, Ali Quinta, Raphael Faziv, Clay Guida, Dustin Poirier, and James Krause. You dirty, dirty bastard. James Krause. I'm sure, that's, I'm sure I got the name right. Is that the fella that was doing all that MMA betting garbage? I just want you to know if that's you. I lost sponsorship from a betting website because you did that, you son of a bitch. Yeah, you heard me. Just don't come here or do. (laughs) Thanks, man. Thanks, James. Anyway, I was avoiding some stats here to tell you because um, Tony Ferguson is tied with Elvis Sinisek, Phil Baroni. Boy, what happened to that guy? I'm going to have to do some research on back onto him. Uh, and Hector Lombard for second longest losing streak in the UFC. And the first one, first place, unfortunately, is another legend, BJ Penn. Man, sucks when these guys stay around too long. His last win was June 2019, four years ago. Oh, just, just, just over four years ago. Oof. That's rough. 0-6. Oh, Here's the stat. From 2011 to 2019, he went 15-1. In 2020 to 2023, 0-6. Oh, All in the UFC. Brutal. Um, I'm a fan of fundamentals, therefore I'm not a huge fan of Tony Ferguson. I'm not even a fan of his attitude. And The reality is he needs to hang him up. This was a weird fight. They say styles make fights, and in this case this was an amateur looking fight. Just even kicks at weird time and it Um, it did not look good. I'm not saying these guys aren't good. They clearly are, but their styles together are very unorthodox, and it did not mesh well whatsoever. So Tony Ferguson loses this one by a choke. He gets choked unconscious. Uh, Head and arm choke, if I recall. Uh, But he complained. No, he did get poked in the eye. Absolutely did, and he said that was the reason for the loss, and Bobby Green did that on purpose, and blah, 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 but uh, I don't know, man. Somebody in Tony's circle needs to convince him or tell him or whatever like it's it's just time to stop and father time remains undefeated so you know everyone's got to stop sometime it just seems like your time should have come before it's coming so I, I i really wish him good luck he looked every bit of 139 years old no offense just man he just did not look good i hope he stops fighting and can look back on a uh historic career okay that's all the ones I wanted to talk about for that. Now, uh, upcoming UFC, we have uh, this this weekend, weekend, weekend in Nashville, Tennessee. The main event, um, number four, bantamweight Corey Sandigan fighting number seven Rob Font. Uh, this is the main event as just mentioned. Corey Sandigan, thirty-one years old from the U.S., five foot eleven. He's fought, oh, sorry, sixteen wins, four losses, ten finishes, two-time fight of the night, two-time performance of the night, and KO of the year versus Frankie Edgar on that jump knee. That was beautiful. Um, he's fought Marlon Vera, Peter Iann, T.J. Dillashaw, Frankie Edgar, Aljamain Sterling, John Lineker, Rob Font. Thirty-six years old, five foot eight, from the U.S. of A. Um, Twenty wins, six losses, with thirteen finishes. Four-time Performance of the Night, two-time Fight of the Night, and tied for second most uh, bantamweight KOs with Marlon Vera. He's fought Adrian Yanez, which was his last fight. A great fight too. He got they both got pieced up, but that, that was a good one. Uh, Marlon Vera jose aldo cody garbrandt sergio pettis um oh and on this one as well shout out to canadian fighters gavin tucker uh who was going to fight chris mcmillan way back in the day but got the shot got the call of the bigs so still up there fighting in the ufc congrats and uh tyler bozer fighting uh on this event as well all right guys and then we have uh saturday august 12th ufc fight night in vegas I found this one kind of interesting. I, I didn't really care that much. Vincente Luque, Vincent Luque versus Rafael dos Anjos, RDA. Vincente Luque, 31 years old, uh, from the USA and then slash Brazil, pretty much. Five 5'11", uh, 31 wins, 9 losses with 19 finishes. Uh, he made his debut in um, 9 no, I'm sorry, he was, yeah, well, he did. But he was part of the uh, Ultimate Fighter uh, American Top Team versus Black Zillion Squad. Um, four-time performance of the night. Four-time fight of the night. I I, I don't, maybe I just, he just, I don't know. I I don't watch too, too, too much MMA. So I've known of him for a while, but I just didn't realize things like uh, second most finishes in welterweight history at 13. Tied third most post-fight bonuses at at welterweight with uh, Wonderboy. Second highest finishes per win rate in UFC history. 14 fights, 13 wins by finish and then tied for second most welterweight KOs at eight with Thiago Alves and uh, Lee Jingliang. I had no idea. Like, that, that this guy was kind of in, got some histories, some history accolades. below Mohamed, Michael Chiesa, Tyron Woodley, Wonderboy, Mike Perry, Brian Barberena, Leon Edwards, RDA, 38 years old from Brazil, Rafael dos Anjos, five foot eight, um, training out of Evolve MMA in Singapore. Did I read that right? 32 wins, 14 losses with 16 finishes. He's a former lightweight champ. Three-time fight of the night, four-time performance of the night. Uh, check this out. I didn't realize some of this. So before I move on, I always thought of him as like a cardio machine, like, like suspectly cardio machine. <laughs> like he would go from first round to fifth crazy. And it wasn't until he ran into, I think it was Colby Covington, if I remember that right, who, we could kick it up a gear even further than him. I didn't know there's a man like that that existed at the time. Anyway, longest ring time in UFC history, 8 hours, 1 minute, and 49 seconds. This guy has put in an average workday of being in his underwear, standing in the octagon, fighting. My guy. Most unanimous decision wins in the UFC. It's not, I don't know if that's any. I mean, that's a good title, I suppose. So that you could, They're unanimous. Uh tied six most UFC for UFC wins with uh, Dustin Poirier, John Jones, and Neil Magny, which we talked about at twenty-one. Second most decision fights in UFC history at twenty. I don't know that's probably not a stat you're proud of, but whatever, wins a win, right? He's fought Brian Barberena, Rafael vaziev Paul Felder, Michael Chiesa, Leon Edwards, Kevin Lee, Kamaru Usman, Colby Covington, Robbie Lawler, Toby, Tony Ferguson, Eddie Alvarez, Donald Cerrone, Nate Diaz, Khabib and this guy made his UFC debut at UFC 91 in 2008 when Randy Couture and Brock Lesnar were the main event. That was a long ass time ago. This guy's been fighting for you know, a long time. My god, 15 years just in the UFC. What a savage. Beautiful mustache too, I guess. Mustache game's on point. Uh okay. So that's it for the UFC goods. So we 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 covered some boxing, we covered some MMA. Boom, there's our fights for the weekend. And it was fun. There's good good fights on both. Good boxing fights, good MMA fights. I loved it. Let's move on to Muay Thai, which, to be honest, I have the least amount of because number one, uh, One Friday fights didn't happen last week, and I'm not sure why. Maybe somehow I missed it, but I couldn't find it. So we had the uh, Ratchet Admiral World Series, the welterweight tournament that happened on Saturday. And I'm not sure if it's the main event, but I think it was. It was um, uh, Sajjad Superman Venom Muay Thai versus Sanpon Sor Samai. Sajad, 21 years old, five foot eleven, 147 pounds, 27 wins, nine losses. He is the Amnon World Series 2022 champ, as well as the Amnon Stadium champion, uh, three-time IFMA medalist, one gold, and the WBC world champion uh, in 2022. He's fought Hercules Yad Kumpan, Hercules. I want that name. Shadow Singham win Julio Lobo Conkali. And uh, first Iranian WBC world champ. The only thing I could find on his opponent is he was 27 years old, five foot ten, 57 wins, 10 losses, and five draws. And I believe he was a late replacement. So this is a pretty heated, uh, a pretty heated, a pretty heated decision here. So um, Sajad knocked out of the tournament. Last year's champ gone. He gets knocked out by relative. I'm if, I'm, if I got this right, relative late replacement. Uh, Sampon. And uh, it was by decision, and I, I, I just, I'm reading the comments online, like even Sajad himself was, oh, that's it, no more, Mister Nice Guy, and I'm not going to points anymore, and 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 kind of being, you know, like that, and his coach, uh, Medizatut, you know, the referees, what are you guys watching, and everyone, oh, he got ripped off, and everyone's saying, nah, he lost, what are you talking about, and so very, very, very polarizing fight. I'm gonna have to rewatch that one, but uh, interesting nonetheless. Um, I, if I'm gonna be honest, it was late at night. I fell asleep on the couch. I'm just coming off no surgery, so so uh, I ended up falling asleep. But but my whole thing with like um, it was a ripoff, or um, you know, even Sajjad himself saying, you know, well, that's it, I'm not gonna go to judges anymore. They have open uh, open scoring system at the Ratchet MNO World Series, so you know the score after every round. Like, I'm not saying why don't you just go knock him out, like obviously, but. Obviously, obviously, but it's not like at the end of the fight it was a surprise. So I'm gonna rewatch this one. I, I just didn't have time, guys, but I am gonna rewatch it, and I'll rewatch always on uh, whenever you watch it. I prefer to watch it on mute just so I can come up with my own scoring. I'm easily influenced, so uh, if I uh, from hype, so if I just keep it on silent, then I won't be influenced. But um, officially, Sajjad out of the tournament, still a stadium champ, but will not be the 2023 WRWS world uh, tournament champion also so that was group B also in group A we had uh Pet who also has fought on one championship versus uh Shirza TC Muay Thai Wada, 27 years old 5 foot 11 and uh Southpaw Hi Aya you're 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 on the podcast now just so you know <laughs> Sixty-six wins, twenty-one losses. He's the uh, twenty-seven. He'd he be uh, Lumpini champ, sorry, in twenty seventeen. The uh, World Muay Thai Council World Champ in twenty sixteen, and uh, in twenty fourteen was the Channel Seven Stadium, Channel Seven Stadium champ, and as well as Fight of the Year that year. So this guy's, uh, you know, as far as the kind of main stadiums is, is uh, besides the Rajadamnern, but bad dude. He's fought Pond, Sama Samapet, Fairtex, Ferrari, Fairtex. Uh, Chujeron, five times, who beat Capitan, I think, uh, cut him up real bad, two Capitan fights ago, uh, Capitan Pet Indy, bad dude, um, out of those five fights, five fights, as a matter of fact, Rituata's only won one of them, he's beat Yadwicha twice, he's fought Pakorn uh, Panamrong. he's fought six times, and he's beat Superlek, uh, Shirzad, the only thing I could find is that he was a late replacement, he got KO'd by a beautiful elbow combination and got absolutely, this is Sparta kicked after trying to like call on the crowd. Like, you know, he got knocked down. He gets up and he's trying to wave the crowd on and Ritwada just comes in and just teeps him across the ring. Like, ooh, ooh. But uh, he was okay. Beautiful display by Ritwada. The, the, the difference in what I assume in experience in this one really showed bad dude. Everybody at Petty Indy a bad dude. Um, and then in the group B as well, we had Hercules from Thailand, who we just talked about, who had a draw with—I'm sure it was a draw, or, or maybe a loss. Uh, Sijad, I think maybe beat him. Hercules from Thailand, 20 years old, five foot ten. He's a uh Lumpini champ in 2018 at 105 pounds. So that's you know that, that that's 42 pounds. He's gone up in three years, two three years. I'm sorry. My math is terrible. That would be five years. <laughs> That's a lot of weight. Uh, Rajad Amnar, stadium champ, 2018 as well, at 105 pounds. And, and he's tall too, man, 5'10". And uh, now 20 years old, so in the, from age 15 to 20, there's growing that obviously happens in there. And was the uh, a 2022 IFMA silver medalist. He's fought Sijad. Like I said, he did lose, as a matter of fact. He's fought Yacht IQ, ET, and uh, Saming Dem. And he fought uh, uh, Liu Wenji from China. I didn't write any stats. I couldn't find anything. But Hercules was all over this poor guy. You could tell from like round one, just in the guy from China, G. Uh, uh, you could tell in G's face that he was like, shit, I'm just going to have to accept what's about to happen here. And then uh, ate a couple elbows. And then uh, if, I, if I'm remembering correctly, Hercules teeps him across the ring and walks in, and then as uh, G comes forward, Hercules hits him with a left up elbow at the same time and just drops him, fights over. He was okay. He's got a couple good cuts, but Hercules was in the driver's seat from this one, and uh, the, I, I would imagine these finals got to be coming up pretty soon or, or something like that, or knock, knockout stage kind of area of these tournaments, but whew, Hercules looked like a bad man in that one, so good, good knockout. Anyway, that was your Raja Demnar in World Series as far as the fights that I got to see and watch. Um, now, again, I took a couple screenshots on my phone, so it doesn't really help. But getting to the end here, guys, of this one, I just wanted to talk some fights. Let's go over it. But uh, one championship this Friday on the 4th, the only one I could see in the morning was that, that Tyler Harrison from Australia, who, who's had nothing but wars in one championship, uh, including sex as well, is going to be fighting. That's all I can find. But then we also have on Amazon Prime. So if you miss the morning fights, there's the night fights. Uh, here it is Chingiz Alazov versus Mirak Gregorian for Alazov's Featherweight Kickboxing World title. Uh, Chingiz Alazov, 66 wins, five losses, and 37 KOs versus Gregorian, 66 wins, 12 losses, 34 KOs. Very similar record. Mirak Gregorian been around a long time. Chingiz Alazov, in my, I remember it was not that many podcasts ago. I was like, I don't really know much about him. But boy, we sure do now, don't we? It is my opinion that Murat Gregorian can win and out of 10 times might win if if I had to pick maybe like two or three of them. Maybe more. I don't know. I'm just guessing. But I feel like Chingiz Alizov is Murat Gregorian 2.0. He's just a little bit faster. That's just my opinion. And coming off these, you know, a a lot of wins, heavy KO, obviously, of bond. I mean, that was as viral as you're going to get. Murat's been around what feels like a while. I mean, the, the records are similar. They've been around. Pretty much the same, but it just feels like Murat's been around a little longer, maybe a little more wars or war torn. So I'll take Ching as Alazov in this one, but not putting it past Gregorian. I think he, he can do it, but this is gonna be a hell of a fight. And he, these guys aren't gonna step backwards. This is gonna be a good one. Uh we also have Tawin Chai, PK Senchai Muay Thai, and he's gonna be fighting in a kickboxing fight, excuse me, versus David Kiria. Tawan Chai, 129 wins, 31 losses versus Kirya 39 and 20. Not to derail this fight, it doesn't make any sense, but the fight we really want to see, I believe is October 29th. Chai putting his title up versus Superbon uh, and that's Chai's Muay Thai world title. About time a fight like this is happening. Yes! Can't wait. Not Sorry, not to derail that one, but totally did, didn't I? Um, also on this fight card, we have Elias mamoudi fighting Edgar Tabares. Elias Mamoudi 20 wins, 7 losses. Um... And Edgar Dabares, 32 and 6. So Edgar was the guy who just recently fought Rod Tang and had a great showing. Uh, Looked good, but uh, it's just Rod Tang. Elias Mamoudi, we've talked about him on a few podcasts. He's just an absolute hurricane of martial arts moves, right? Just madness. Uh, Really fun to watch. I I don't know. I think this would be Muay Thai. I'm going to take Elias Mamoudi. I feel that uh, Edgar Dabares, just from a little bit that we do know, is just... When you take the really tie game and you're used to the five rounds, I think it's going to be too slow of a start. And Elias is going to catch him. I'm just guessing. If I had to pick that, I, you run a fight podcast, you got to pick, right? So I'll, I'll take Elias Mahmoodi. But I do love the style of Edgar Barres. And I thought he put a hell of a great showing in his debut, one debut versus the champ, undefeated champ um, in one championship. Anyway, Rotang. All right. I think that pretty much brings us to the end of this podcast. We got, I got a little uh, karate lesson. I have some, some friends that just showed up to do some, some training. And uh, yeah, other than that, guys, I'm happy to be back talking fights. I know we didn't get to talk about too much other than fights, but uh, uh, let's be real. I still got some renos to go, and it's. it's I, I was able to sneak this one in. But I hope everyone's having a good summer. I love talking fights, and let's be real—it's a little kind of quiet until September comes around, anyway. But maybe we can squeeze one more in. I'd love to get an interview in this month if I can. So, uh, hey, fighters—if you got—if you got a fight coming up, or I know, to be honest, I know I, I talked to Cody Jerome about maybe going back down to Lethbridge, talking uh, about his post-fight with Quinn. Um, I'd love to do it. Got a fight coming up? Anything like that? Promoters? Anything? Let's make it happen. Um, all right, guys. It's good to be back. It's good. I almost forgot how to do all this weirdness. Good to be back. Good to see myself or eventually on YouTube. And uh, I hope you enjoy the podcast, guys. If you haven't seen any of these fights, make sure you check them out. Go and appreciate the poetry in motion that is Terrence Bud Crawford because he really is unbelievable to watch. All right, guys. Hope you had fun. See you later.